We live. Welcome back, all you beautiful people, to the We Got Action podcast, episode 53 coming at y'all. Today, we have got the NBA Finals recap. The Denver Nuggets have won the chip. I was the only one. I think I, yeah. I said five. Thank you. I said I yeah, think it'd be five, but I'm going six. Just saying. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and pat myself it. on the back. So go. we're going to do a quick recap, talk about um, the Nuggets and the Heat, maybe what they got moving forward, um, and then take a sneak peek at some early, really early, early offseason favorites um, mm-hmm. to win the title in 23-24. Um, and then we'll touch on NFL, a couple big players, big names, uh, Steph, did not show up, or I guess I should say Stefan Diggs. Sorry, yeah, no, we got to separate now. We're in the wrong the season's yeah. over. Yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs did not show up to a mandatory camp, and Dalvin Cook was released by the Vikings. So, we're gonna touch mm-hmm. on those two, and then uh, two more topics for baseball talk about the Phillies, and then a shout out to JT Rilamuto who just hit for the cycle. And then we're going to touch on a very congested rookie of the year race. Um, some guys who are favorites right now, other guys who are creeping up, some guys just starting their rookie season, um, some guys who may be sleepers. I know you you had one that you were just yeah. talking about right before. But um, let's just go to the most pertinent information of the podcast, which will be the finals. The Denver Nuggets did wrap it up in five games. Yep. At home. Tight one though. It was good. That was a good ass game. It was. It was. I wanted to go to bed. I wanted to go to bed, and I did not go to bed. Yeah, it It was was a good series. It was like it brought me back to like the kind of at least our era of NBA when we were younger. You know those low scoring games. Um, For the most part, yeah. There was only one game where both teams hit a hundred. Yeah. So I mean, pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, the whole series, (laughs) every game was the under, if I'm not mistaken. Every game except for one. No, because even game two might have hit the over. Game two? Okay. It was about 219, but the over under, yeah, it's set usually around 215. Yeah, so it was pretty low, but I mean, I I enjoyed it. It was a lot. It was a chess match, in my opinion. I mean, Denver overpowered them, but the Heat did did enough to make it, I guess, more interesting than probably what it should have been. And, I was annoyed at the conclusion of it because I, I definitely think we could have gone six or seven if it was Boston. Oh, yeah. I was actually talking about that today. Like, I feel like yeah. performances by guys like Max Struess and Caleb Martin in the conference finals playing out of their absolute minds, Yeah, in my opinion, robbed us of a more competitive finals. Again, I'm yeah. not saying this wasn't competitive. Miami did compete. Yeah, it's not like each game was but a more even a more even series. But I think we could have gone six or seven against a more complete Boston Celtics team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, kudos to Miami; they made a pretty improbable run. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, their biggest weakness was shown. They they have a lack of scoring. Yep, yeah, they really do, and a lack Uh, of size. Outside of Jimmy and Bam, when you try to have these role players who, again, they're good at their roles, but they're not able most of them aren't able to create shots for themselves yeah like they have multiple players on denver who is able to if jokic isn't going if murray's not going then they're able to make mm-hmm. make do with other players yeah. and, and murray, i feel like i feel like murray made sure of getting his teammates involved and like i think yeah. he saw that there were games Especially the last they two lost games. when he was last struggling. three games really and this whole series, I mean, he averaged ten or average, just shy of ten, just over ten. Yeah, just over uh-huh. 10. for the finals, he was and going that's crazy. With ten assists. Yeah, and he averaged over twenty points. So yes. I, you know, he did have that five of seventeen night, 
Uh, but like he was, he was able to make up for it in a lot of other ways than you would expect. That's for sure. That's for sure. I was, I found it impressive. Obviously we've, we've harped on Aaron Gordon, the entire playoffs really. He's been Mm -hmm. in my opinion, their X factor in each series, Mm -hmm. his constant hustle, always guarding a number one, um, very, very key for them. And then I thought Michael Porter jr. In this series was fairly non-existent. Yeah. But in this in this last game, the closeout game, double digit rebounds, yeah. was able to get his shot even when he can't the the three point shots not falling. He was yeah. able to constantly yeah. cut, make plays yeah. in other ways. He rebounded well, I think, the whole finals, and I think he also made timely shots. He was struggling. He most did games, catch a big three to stop yeah. a run in the third. It, it felt like yeah. every time he made a shot, it was or one that meant something. Fourth. It was one mm-hmm. that whether it be stopped a run or you know extent pushed the lead to double digits like those big momentum type of shots yeah. that he was hitting. So you know as much as he wasn't great, yeah, I think he, he I think he might have I think he might have catched a three right when Jimmy was going on his run at the, in the fourth quarter where Jimmy had nine straight or eleven mm-hmm. straight for. It was either him or Murray. Murray hit one in the corner. It might have been. It might have been Jamal in the probably court, because Porter he, yeah, because yeah, Porter assisted to yeah, Murray Jamal in that in one corner. corner. Yes, yeah, Jamal in the corner. Yes, you're right. Yeah, but I mean that. I mean to be honest, that was a complete team in my opinion. You know, you have your two stars that push you along the way, and then you hope that one of those two role players can come in. Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon. Bruce Brown monsters the last couple in of their yeah monsters in their role. Obviously, they had pieces everywhere as far as defense goes. Yeah, they so had so enough offense. Struggled shooting, but he played pretty solid defense. He was exactly pest in the passing lane. Yeah, for he sure. pushed the game on that. Yeah, big steal, steal big read on yeah. that. That was the most important thing was that if the players were struggling at what they necessarily do best, they right. were able to at least make up for it in other ways. Same thing with MPJ showed a different kind of aggression instead of just shooting threes the whole game, was driving to the hole, especially later in the game. But there's nothing I mean, you can do about it. The better team, was, like we said, won. That was about as good defensively as I've ever seen him as well. Like, yeah, I'm not, he's yeah. never been a good defender. I think we talked about it, whether it was last week or before. Um, but it's consistently putting in effort on defense, even mm-hmm. with the shot not falling. I was going to say, that's so tough. Yeah. If you ever watched your team's play, like I, I know it's big for us in Chicago. Um, if we're if we're having a bad offensive night, the defensive effort's usually not there. Yeah. Like that's yeah. usually just how basketball is. When your shot's falling, it's easier to defend. So yep. big kudos to guys like MPJ and KCP who didn't have their shots there, but continue to still buckle down and play hard-nosed defense. Because that's, that's tough to do, man. And I mean, the playoffs in general is a different animal as well. Like, especially when you're a team that's expected to win it all, you would expect that your players under the, other than their blunder that they had, but you know, they were, they came, they showed up and they, they play better obviously than they would in the regular season. Bro, so. They should, they should, they should uh, officiate, officiate every regular season game the same way they officiated the second half. It'd be a lot. Five. It'd be a lot more better awesome. basketball. It'd be it a lot amazing. more better basketball. There was hacking so. and there was mm-hmm. everything, and they weren't calling shit, and I loved it. Yeah. I was a bit surprised though at that Jimmy corner three that they called the foul, Ooh, but I so also, but I, but I also, but I also understood as well because to me I didn't think it was going to get overturned as an offensive foul because I feel like it was a more of a natural kick and fadeaway type of thing, but it could have gone either way in my opinion. Yeah, you can't call so. a defensive foul on a natural motion when like there was the there defense was did not commit any foul, it, really. like yeah. 
I mean, it's just Jimmy's... funny because there's a like if he would have not if he would have like jumped and contested, but Aaron Gordon basically like put his hand up and just turned around. Yeah, like there was no like real contest. Yeah, because was, Aaron was so Gordon cool. was the one who got kicked. That was hey, so cool. Like he didn't do anything else, but yeah, hey, better team won though. Better team won. I'm happy for them. First championship for him. I think this also cements uh, Jokic getting that 15 in Denver uh, over so, Melo. Yeah. So going forward for Miami, they're kind of, in my opinion, in a similar spot where they were last year and the year before. They're <laughs> they're in enough. need of a score. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They're in need of a score. I said, yeah. uh, we all kind of agreed that going into this season, you know, Donovan Mitchell, some kind of guy like that would have been a huge piece for them. And yep. they struck out on everybody. Um, obviously, Damian Lillard talks are going on right now. Um, what do you guys think the Heat need to do to get over the hump? Because obviously they made the finals uh, in 2020, lost to LA, made a conference finals last year, lost to a better team in Boston. They overcame Boston, but then get massively overshadowed by Denver's supremacy here. Um, they you guys have any thoughts? They need two things. Yeah, yeah. They need a big, a true big, and I'm not talking. Just a guy who can play the four or the five. I mean, they need a guy who is seven feet tall, who can hang in there with guys. Because as good as Bam is, a little more size. Bam's not. Yeah. A, he's he's more of a four. He's he's a yeah. four, and if he can continue to develop his offensive game to where he can actually be a four on offense, he looked great. That's gonna be he looked huge great. for them. Um, I said it. I don't remember if it was here. If I said it in private somewhere, um, that I thought a player that that to me fits the mold that the Heat need. Capella? Is Vooch. Oh, Vooch. Oh, that was, yeah. Yeah, because about that. he gives them that offense that we know that Bam can struggle with, and that's why Bam's yeah. been playing the five for them is because offensively he's so limited, they need to bring in offense around him. So then if you bring in an offensive center who's, you know, one of the elite defensive rebounders in the league, which we saw they struggled with uh-huh. throughout the postseason, not just the finals, um, I think it makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, but I, their, their number one target has to be a – go-to scorer whether it yep. be dame or whoever else is right available. and someone someone like vooch who's able to score it and play your five is yeah. kind of put picking two yeah two birds with one stone there but... uh-huh. i'm with it i think more so i think if they're able to get a backup big i think a more serviceable big obviously cody zeller was not it yeah. at all i just think that you needed someone to bring off the bench that can actually contribute and then slide bam to keep because bam was playing out of his mind offensively he was the best offensive player in this series, in my yeah. opinion, and he's keeping them in every game and defensively yeah. we're going crazy. But I think it's more so important that you fill out the bench, obviously with a serviceable big. And then if you're able, in my opinion, if the Dame trade is going to go through, you're able to give up Kyle Lowry. I would even say Tyler Hero as well. You're unloading about 50 to $60 million worth in cap space. Get Dame and give up maybe two, three first round picks for future ones. I think that's a win there. And then obviously you've seen with their scouting department, they are able to fill out the roster with people that they need. I think they'll keep Gabe Vincent. I think they'll be able to keep him. I think they'll be able to keep Max Shrew. So you'll have those pieces returning. And maybe Oladipo might come back as well yeah. next year. So and I mean, they still have Duncan Robinson too, which yeah. is 20 mil in space. Whether yeah. they're able to. And if they're able to not. flip him, if they're able to flip him for maybe one or two just mid level pieces, you never know. But yeah, I think that's fair. where they, I think that's where they need to go. He was good for them, I thought. Especially he was really starting to coming in develop and develop his game a lot more. Yeah, throughout the playoffs, it wasn't playoffs. it wasn't just yeah. catch and shoot. He was making 
you know, guys closing driving out hard. Picks. So he was dri- yeah, driving. He was kick. making a lot of back cuts. A lot of he was uh, also just stopping in the mid range, popping, get, not taking that like you know eighteen footer, twenty one uh, those like those longer yeah. twos that you know a guy can hit. He's yeah, just hitting the pump fake, take a step in. Yeah, and then because guys are closing out hard, so. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they can get him back into the lineup full time because I, he definitely would help if he can. I know he had a bad shooting year, mm-hmm. uh, but if he could get back up to his, you know, see standard like upper thirties percentage and you know continue to develop a little bit, like he could be that he could make that twenty mil contract look like less of a yeah mistake. I but I think I think at this point though they need to flip on that because he performed so well in the playoffs, different from what he did. I think now. Is the time you got to sell high, especially if you're going to have a Gabe Vincent and a Max Drews and a Tyler Hero and a Duncan. Yeah. Like it feels yeah. like there's so many, yeah, so many of the same player. Yeah, and now with the emergence of Caleb Martin as well, well another kind of guy. Well, yeah, <laughs> the emergence. We'll see. Emerging. We'll see. We'll see. Submerged. Yeah. I was going to say I like. We talked about a team last week, but the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. They've got an yeah. overload of bigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. Magic have an overload of bigs. So there's definitely some teams you could target to flip, like yeah. you were saying, Danny, one of your bench guys for one of their bench bigs. And these are and these are the type of teams that are willing to take on money, right? Right, yeah. like you, you know, exactly. the, the team might need shooting. I know yeah. the Pistons' Whether biggest need is a wing. Not, I probably, yeah, the, big, the Pistons' biggest need. Because is imagine if the, imagine months. if Miami can get another young big with potential. Like and yeah. actually groom them some play, like we like we talked at the same time. Like we talked about even with like I mean obviously like maybe like a Marvin Bagley. He's a seven footer, probably That's more of a four than a five. But imagine what the Heat can do with that type of player that has that type of you know mass potential there. Same thing with Orlando. Imagine if like a Bull Bull was in a good situation of like Miami. Obviously, it doesn't have the the beef to like really bang down low, but even a Wendell. That too, but when I, I don't see what I don't see Orlando giving him up though. He's been balling for them. Yeah, and they got rid of Mo so, at the deadline, so yeah, they started to passion that out. Get Mo from LA. He play for and he's a, he's ten million though, so I don't know. He has a he has a team option, I think. So, so flipping, there's options. Flipping the script then Denver to Denver, correct? Well, Bruce Brown's a free agent. Well, he has got a player option for seven yeah. mil this season but he there's no way now he's taking he's played that he's gonna and they only him. can offer him like nine million at the middle uh, it's like 20 percent more so i think like nine million is what he's they can max him out yeah, yeah so it'd be interesting but knowing him that. if he's a if he's a team player like that and truly like appreciate that i guess yeah, what mike malone did run it they can get him for they can get him for a steal maybe two years nine million another player option as well so back. you never know never know i can see some teams that are in the process of some guys that you know just got new head coaches like yep. Phoenix or something going after mm-hmm. Bruce Brown. Oh yeah, somebody grittier. I think Phoenix is actually one of because really especially good when you saw how well he played with KD in Brooklyn. Yeah, Kyrie and James were out. Yeah, he played a really clean two man game with yep. Kevin Durant, and he's proven it time and time again that not only can he be a shooting player who doesn't need to shoot. Right when the lights get bright and you know he gets shoved into the line for whatever reason, down. he can do more than knock it down. This man was taking James Harden step back threes on Game Four. Yeah. I didn't know what I was watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a he's a great player. Best breaks. And Denver also got a first round pick for twenty twenty four from the Thunder as well. Even during the final, so they're still making moves yeah. and looking ahead. So same thing with them. They've drafted. They've drafted well. And yeah, they got the, their key players are all under contract for at least another year or two. Yeah, I believe it's. A, I believe it's 
without Bruce Brown, I think it's at six or seven guaranteed, like that are there next year. What is? But what if is you Gordon? look at it, what is what is contract wise? Does he have two more? I think. I believe he has two more because he signed an extension with them, if I'm not mistaken. And we know MPJ signed the big one before last yeah, year. Yeah, he should have three. He should Jamal have three left. signed one. Yeah. And Jokic as well. So yeah. Jokic is signed through 26-27. Yep. Uh, Jamal is signed through – this thing wants to load properly. Um, signed through 24-25. So he's Porter two. Junior, 26-27. Aaron Gordon through 24-25 with a player option, the 25-26 season. Uh, Pope has one year plus a player option. Um, the guys who aren't guaranteed are Ish Smith, Jeff Green, yeah, and DeAndre play. Jordan. So, so Jeff basically, Green, Jeff Green's the only one Jeff of those Green's three that plays significant minutes. And yeah, they got Christian Brown on a rookie, Zeke Naji on a rookie, Hanchar on a rookie, Peyton Watson who didn't play on a rookie. Christian yeah. Brown's a great player to have on a rookie. Tom, yeah. Thomas Bryant, I think he may have a player no, option. No, no money next year. They have okay. I mean, they they got like. Colin Gillespie and Jack White, yeah. uh, who can who are eligible for qualifying offers, so I doubt. Because I think I think now they'll be able. I think Jeff Green, I would probably say, is a good bet to come back on a minimum because he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's serviceable, obviously in little spurts here and there. Ish yeah, Smith, they'll probably bet. get rid of. DeAndre Jordan may probably retire. Didn't they? Didn't really use him. They may be able to retain Thomas Bryant um, if he wants to come back as well. Maybe he'll actually get into the rotation, but they'll they'll have options. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I'm not worried about them in the yeah. depth that they'll be able the to. Main, have, so. The main core is there. Yeah, like main that's six, all you need. Seven is there for next year, and mm-hmm. I think they've got a really good shot to run it back. We we talked about them last year as being a top three to four team in the West. Yeah. As the season went on, we talked about them being a front runner for the title, mm-hmm. and I mean that stayed fairly consistent throughout yeah. most of our predictions as them being a big team to beat as long as everyone stayed healthy. Everyone yeah. stayed healthy. They. Kind of went through a gauntlet pretty easily, to be honest. Outside of and, Minnesota, and everybody, the other teams they beat were all pretty solid teams. Could have been and everybody's saying finals. that, oh, it was a cakewalk of a finals, this and that. But this is what you work for throughout the regular season is to be the number one seed. To, right, so that you yeah. play the – Quote, unquote, have the, easy, have the easier path, you know. Exactly. So they did their job throughout the whole regular season and the postseason. Props to them. I, I don't mm-hmm. discard it at all as a weak ring or anything like that. No, no, call it a cakewalk too. When you're looking at a Suns team that had KD and Booker, yep. along with everything else they've got, yep, Aiton, CP, the Lakers, who you know people they were playing their best ball of the year when they lost, they got swept. Yeah, yep, yep. Everyone was talking about, oh my God, the Nuggets might be in trouble here. Look how good the Lakers are doing. Swept them. Yeah, shut yep. them down. It's yeah. I think people are really. I mean, it, it's happens and, every year. In the first round too, though, you had Ant, Cat, yeah, Rudy this Gobert. happens every year. Mm-hmm. You know, people like to discredit the winners. Yeah, uh, usually, as usually. you know, typically there is so there's sometimes there's truth to it. You know, you get the Phoenix Suns run of 2021, mm-hmm. where yeah. every team they played was injured. That you know, yep. valid valid shade thrown on there. But come on. This this was but at the same time you got a job to do. Your job is yeah. to to obviously play whoever's in front of you, and then whatever happens happens at that point. But so hey, with props, props to Joker said, and all of them. With that said, and them keeping the majority of their core, they are actually tied with Milwaukee as being front runners to win the championship next year. They have the best betting odds, followed uh-huh. by Boston, Phoenix, Golden State, 
the Sixers, the Lakers, the Cavs, the Clippers, and then finally rounding out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Rounding out the top ten would be Miami with the tied for the tenth best odds with Dallas. Okay. Um, is there any team that you're expecting maybe outside of that to make a run? Before the offside offseason moves, it's hard. I mean, it is very yeah. tough. Sacramento's pretty low on that list, which is surprising to me for how good they did. Yeah, I, I would have expected yeah, think, them to be over at least. You know, the I mean, I guess they're thinking about yeah, Ja Zion. coming back, Zion coming back, full year of Dallas with Kyrie and Luca. I mean, if Kyrie stays, that's true. That, that that's so that's another year older LeBron though. We know dysfunction of the Sixers. So there's yeah. a few teams I'm surprised that are up that high. Yeah, on draft, we uh, have Celtics ahead of the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, then they got the Lakers tied with the Warriors. That's just so interesting to me because I feel like Sixers just the Lakers still have questions. There's a lot of teams. Like teams are Warriors just more than like more than half of their roster, if not like yeah. three quarters of their rosters, a free agent. Like yeah, you know, the, interesting. They're not, and they're going to cap themselves out with. The Rui Hachimura signing, which they're probably going to do with Austin Reeves, probably getting they're going to match close to 100 million a year. So you're yeah. telling me you're going to have a con for two contracts worth of 20 to 25 million dollars, and then you're going to have AD's contract, which he's due up for an extension, and then you're going to have the LeBron contract that he already signed. Like, I mean, what are you going to do with D'Lo? You know, he's going to have a cap hold until they figure out what they can do. Exactly. With it, it they're not in a good. Position, it's it's a it's a mess. They, the they, they're in a mess. I was say teams teams I like would be obviously Denver and Milwaukee and Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I think there's question marks probably around Phoenix because with what they have to fill out around KD and Book because they are fairly thin right now. Yeah, and I actually like Cleveland to have gotten their their feet wet a little bit with the core, a young core. Mm -hmm. Um, they're a team I think that uh, Mitchell can lead them a little further into the possibly a conference finals run next year. Yeah. Again, I I think healthy it's all a learning. Too. It's all a learning experience. Uh, yeah. Too. The bigs weren't very healthy going into yeah, the playoffs healthy, between Jared Clippers. Allen. Well, I think a healthy Clippers team too is another team that. Oh, you, you like know, the Clippers? If they're healthy, yeah. One of the Good biggest gifts in the league. Well, if they're healthy, they're probably yeah. yeah if if, if you were plus five hundred instead of guaranteed that Kawhi and Paul George and all the main guys are going to be playing without those front runners, you know, bro. Yeah, without Come any on. issues in the in playoff time, then I think they're up there too. Well, I mean, at this point, Kawhi's at least going to have an at least half an off season to where he can, you know, kind of get everything back. Obviously, he had the torn meniscus and the in the round against Phoenix. You know, he's on the timeline already of about like two months so far. So maybe another month or so, and then can ramp it back up fully. So he should have a a decent time to get healthy for the off season. Who knows? But it's tough, but I feel like I, I think the Celtics are the most sure bet, I would say, if they retain Jalen Brown, because mostly everybody important, same thing with them, the core is resigned. But I'll say I'll say the Bucks um are my team to look out for. Yeah, I think so. Team to look out for. And then if I had like a sleeper, uh if I had a sleeper team, I'll probably go with the Mavericks, if everything okay. works out correctly. If they make the right moves of what I think they may possibly do to unload money and to bring help in and re-sign Kyrie, obviously. Front runner sleeper. Uh, front runners, I'm going to go with the curse here. The Nuggets don't have the best year. Um, I think I like the I like the Bucks pick. I think 
you know, we're, this is a team that we were talking about seeing every year in the finals. And then all of a yeah. sudden, a couple years out. So I think they're due. Um, in terms of a sleeper, it's going to depend on the moves that they can make here. Steal my pick. But um, I am going to go, and I think this one is a very much a long shot, but um, the Pelicans. You son of a gun. Oh, was that you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, if Zion can Whoa. come back and stay healthy and stop trying to. I mean, we know, saw what they were with Zion. Around. They were second yeah. seed, 27. And, like, and they're in talks of, and they're in talks yeah. of possibly trying yeah. to scoot up to number two to get Scoot Henderson. Yeah, they're aggressive. I don't know what, I don't know. Third. I don't know what, I don't know what they got cooked up. I mean, they got picks, so who knows? But they, they can get scooped without giving like up Trey a or Herb. Well, I don't. You they can't. They probably have to be losing CJ. You cannot have Scoot, Bi, and Zion on the same team, and then trade away Trey Murphy. Like the spacing of that's going to be garbage. I don't know, but so, I mean, they got something in the works. They're yeah, they're they're aggressively pursuing the second and third. Because you could have CJ, you could have CJ slash, running back the point. Slasher Nash. Yeah. You'll have you'll have CJ running the point. You could have Scoot at the two to also offload the ball from CJ. Be able to have Bi, who's extending his game a bit from, to the three point line, and healthy Zion, and then Jonas. Valanciunas, yeah. yeah. I mean, Valanciunas. Talk about extending his game to the three point line, boy. When that man That's gets what I'm high. Saying. <laughs> All right, now I feel like I so, have to change my pick. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, before you go, plenty of Trey Young to send out that tweet saying we're next. Sorry, no, no, no you're not. You're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. not even no, you're close. Not. No. Um, I'll stick with the team I said. I'll go Cleveland then. I was okay. gonna go with New Orleans was my pick, um, but I'll go Cleveland as a sleeper, and then I'm actually gonna take Denver. That's my front runner. I feel like you have to. They got they got they got the pieces first. in the cohesion. So it's just a, it's the, first me, the curse doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, maybe they start slow, but here's what I'll say, bro. This this shit felt so different to me watching Jokic like fucking just like like was it just me or he didn't even care? Like he it was just like, going to bro, bro, it felt it like was, he didn't even care that they won. He was he was just going about his business. I think he's just finally oh, it was like so amazing to watch that. Yeah, he like he's literally crying, just re- hands on the hardwood. He dapped up every Heat player and then just did his interview. Wanted to go home, mm-hmm. play with his bro. I was like, what? Like, bro, you tears? know what though? He said some real ass shit though. Like, what person really loves their job? You know what I'm saying? Like, he said some real shit. Like, That's I can't right, fault yeah. I can't That's fault him for that at all. Can't fault him for that at all. So he, yeah. you know what? He's probably just like, like even even as a professional NBA basketball yeah. player, he'd still rather be sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, he wants to go back to Serbia and see his horses, bro. Like <laughs> that really to me is him. like what's so real. Like yeah, like he, uh, when you have somebody so selfless like that, that just doesn't get caught up in any of that stuff. Like I feel like you just don't have anything. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then yeah. obviously, yeah. if MPJ and Jamal stay healthy, like those are the key. Yeah, pieces. we've uh, said that for the last yeah. three, four years. I think that also puts in the first finally perspective because I think we see a lot, right? People complain when athletes complain, mm-hmm. whether it be like, "Oh, we're out on the road a lot," like they're like, "You make so much money, all you do is play sports." Like, I don't think people realize how much goes into playing a professional sport, and like, yep. your free time isn't free time; it's rehab. It's, work. it's so rehab, work. Rehab. You know, tr- you're constantly doing something to take care of yourself. Like you very rarely actually get to do anything for yourself until you're off. 
in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So, like, and you can see it. Like, Jokic won a championship. He was doing his presser, and they told him that he was going to have to stick around until the parade until Thursday, Friday. And he, he, looked, oh my he looked devastated. Yeah. All he wants to do is go back to Serbia, go to go back to his farm, see his horses. Like, yeah, Paul's him. Yes. Wild. I'm telling you. That shit. It that, is what that, it is. that mentality right there. Yeah. That's why I think they have a chance to go back to that. Yeah. It and is what both. it is right there. So that's it, man. Uh, we yeah. might have some. What was it, Danny? You were talking about the draft next week? Yeah. So uh, talk a little uh, bit about that. Since the draft is next week, uh, next Thursday, Thursday the 22nd, uh, what we will be doing is, so we're not going to do like an actual recorded episode or anything like that, um, like we are doing right now, but it'll be up on YouTube. So we may have some guests on during the, during the NBA draft, um, just so that we can throw some things out there as well. A little bit of little subjects here and there to talk about, but just to kind of get like a full-time reaction during the draft of the players or any trades that may happen or anything like that. So we'll at least go through with the first round, um, see how the vibes are there. But that way you guys will actually get a um, real life reaction um, for the NBA draft and stuff like that. That'll be up on YouTube. So we may even do a live stream on YouTube as well. Um, I'll figure that portion out by next week. Um, But yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll have some people on and see who can get on and we'll do a live reaction there for you guys. So that's what we'll do for, uh, for, quote unquote the next episode but it'll just be more of a draft special and then after that basically uh chilling until free agency news and big stuff like that starts popping around yeah. so yeah, yeah. but if yeah gonna... NBA is pretty much done dude crazy yeah i think next mm-hmm. week's going to be hot though with people i think so movement and yeah, I think signage so. it's, and... it's things like the trailblazers can only move their pick on draft night because of their the, the stipend rule mm-hmm. stipend it? yeah so like they have it has to be on draft night if they're doing anything. So yep. we're not gonna know until the draft is gone. But you, we might have to get on at like six thirty seven. Yeah, like before. Uh, I'll, it's I'll, usually I'll, at seven thirty. They got like that. They'll have uh, the NBA. They'll have the NBA countdown like show and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll. Um, I'll figure it out. So then that way, obviously, we can make it look nice. But yeah, we'll have some different people on. We'll do some live reaction. We'll have some subjects to talk about or if our guests have anything that they've disagreed with us or anything like that um, from what we've posted so far. We'll be able to, you know, have a little bit of a debate in between the two, three minutes and all that. Uh, That'll be my first, announced, missed, so yeah. first missed episode. Yeah. Uh, quote on what's that? What's that? <laughs> I don't. What's a missed episode? I, I didn't know until we moved uh, into a Thursday, until we made a Thursday what's special. A, what's, a, what's a missed episode? <laughs> That's like the one day we, I, like, they don't want us to switch our shifts either. They don't want us to win. <laughs> All right, though. So, NBA coming to a close for the most part mm-hmm. outside of the draft special next week we're going to run. So, let's go to a sport that is, you know, really ramping up. So, again, mandatory camps are starting. And um, big news, basically, right off the bat. Not so mandatory, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bills does not report to camp, um, which is kind of strange, in my opinion, because there was no real off-season speculation that yeah, there was anything wrong. Again, the last we really heard of Steph, he was distraught and annoyed with you know Josh Allen and other teammates that at the lack of what he felt was like caring to win. And he obviously is one of the most competitive guys in the league. You can see it by the way he plays, by the way he carries himself, um, performs interviews and stuff like that. He did. He did post an Instagram story about it. And he said, I just be letting people cap if they like, 
If them lies help you sleep better, tell them big dog. So sounds some, like there's some beef, maybe with some, somebody. I think so. I think it's something that we uh think it's something that we don't know about. I think that's yeah. deeper. And I think Josh Allen kind of alluded to it that it's non football related that they're trying to work through. So it was I it just was think it's more so trying to work through everything, but it was definitely, I think, to a relief of <laughs> Buffalo fans that Josh did come out and say that because he yeah. obviously is the face of that team. Mm-hmm. And when at least and close. the problem they're player, close. the pro- the player that's the problem at the moment and the face of the team are like still seem to be on good terms. Yeah. That seems good. Like he's saying he's got his back. That's his brother. But it's just, yeah. it's interesting, man. Cause that's, again, there was nothing really that alluded to this happening. So who knows, man? Who yeah. Knows? yeah. I think, I think he ultimately in the end, he'll be there. Um, You know, he's under contract, you know, and things like that. I don't think it's to where, you know, trade me to a contender. You're already on a team that's a contender. You know, I don't think it's that type of situation. I just think that there's some mixed feelings involved. I think it's just look like, are we actually going all in on this? Are we, you know, trying to do what we can to make sure we yeah. reach our full potential? At that and I, point? I like the way you said that. I feel like it is kind of him saying, I want to make sure that we're here to win a mm-hmm. championship and that we're ready to go all in because that's yep. what he's here for. Like he's going to be what, 29, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he's in his prime. He's in his like prime he's, right he's now. He's got to win now because you only got a couple more years, especially at receiver to being mm-hmm. elite. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So he might just want to see the direction of the team and make sure that, you know, guys are where he wants them to be, or at least where he is, where he holds yeah. himself at. Um, so I think that's a good, that's a good point you made right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be but he'll be there. He'll be there. Though. I agree. I do yeah. agree. He'll show up Yeah. at least for, you know, a preseason game if they play it, or even pulling Aaron Rodgers, don't play anything and just play the first game. I mean, he's good yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, first game fine. terribly, then come back and do your thing. Nah, they'll be straight. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. So second one for NFL. That was just a brief thing that happened. But uh, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. What's very interesting. I did not. I was convinced that that was not going to happen. I thought they. I thought it was just like. You know, like typical like off season like people are bored and just writing stories yeah mm-hmm. um and like i know the running back position especially over the last couple of years rg3 had a good quote yeah you can keep going though yeah they've been they it's it's kind of been it's 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 the problem is like they're right in that it's the most replaceable position right, right. you find like, so you can, much talent at yeah. such a yeah and then you lower. and they have such a lot they have a such a short you know, shelf life as a, you know, an elite NFL running back. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like a guy is in the midst of his, you know, of doing like, yeah, he had a bad year, but the team passed on, like, it was like, they ran on more than, or passed on more than 50% of their plays. Yeah. So, like, are you expecting a running back to have all pro numbers while getting, you know, half the carries the other guys are getting? Yep. And I know the concerns, but like, What's the problem with signing guys to like a one-year, two-year contract? And and as well, to piggyback off of that, it's not like he was getting paid 15, 20 million. We're talking about 10, 11 million. For for what he was in the caliber of of the player that he is still currently, that's a bargain. For at least in my opinion, that's a bargain. So it's just kind of weird. He had a thousand yards in four of the six seasons. He did what you wanted him to do, but you became a passing offense. So that's probably why they became a passing offense. And they're like, look, we can just, 
we'll be able to hand it off here and there, but that's not going to be what we're focused well, yeah, on. And I mean, Madison over the last couple of years when Dalvin has missed games, which is probably his biggest knock, right, is that he does get yep. hurt a decent yep. amount. Madison's stepped in every time and been very successful. I would say serviceable. Yeah. I like, wouldn't say very successful. Yeah. I think in most of the I games he started, he put up – I mean, he put up great numbers. But, again, if, you, if you're getting – how much of it comes down to the fact that like it is a limited sample size and teams don't know what they're practicing, you know, what they're prepping for yeah. and things like that. So I, I don't, I don't agree with it. as much as I agree that running backs are more replaceable. I don't agree with having a top talent and just letting him go for nothing because you feel like the other guy can, you know, spill in at, you know, a fraction of the cost. Cause what happens if Madison goes down? Exactly. Be Cause they're doing, if I'm not mistaken too, um, I want to say one of their linebackers as well. They're looking – it's not Daniel Hunter. I know he's a part of the conversation of whether they'll extend or trade him. But I believe it's one of their – one of their – it might be him. One of their one of their linebackers, he's around like the $10, $11 million mark, and they're debating on if they want to let him go. Um, but I think that you have that position covered. Keep it while you can yeah, until you can actually let him go. So – it was it's it's somebody else. It's, it wasn't. Uh, they don't even have Kendricks anymore. Mm-hmm. They already got know, rid of him. He got rid of him last year. I think it was Daniel. I know they were talking about Daniel Hunter. He's been in trade know. rumors. I don't really know what his contract is. I mean, he's never had less than six sacks in a season. I don't know. I just that's just so dumb to me. Yeah, it's Again, it's the walk. The letting yeah. the player walk. For me, it was different with D Hop because like they knew they weren't going to be competitive this year. So like, why pay somebody twenty mil when you're gonna probably get three to four wins? Yeah, and you don't. And yeah, when you're not gonna be competitive, you know. But like why? Minnesota is probably like they're probably most people's favorites, yeah. if not in the NFC North. Yeah, yeah. Like and it was uh, Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is also there. Yeah. Other yeah, Jordan Hicks. Like it's it's a it's a weak division. You're probably best opposition is gonna be Detroit, mm-hmm. and then obviously Chicago's on the up, but I'm holding my breath on that. Yeah, we'll um, have to see. You know what I'm saying? It's a weak division. Like, this is a chance for you to put a couple years together of you trying to win the division and keep making playoff runs. Mm-hmm. Or, well, keep making playoffs. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just doesn't make sense, especially somebody who's been a staple in your team. But, again, they yeah. did draft, uh, what, Quentin Johnson, Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they are definitely moving towards – was it or was it – No, Ch- Johnson went to the Chargers, right? Was it Jordan Addison then? I think so. Damn, I can't remember. I think it was Addison. Cause I, yes, because there was a report about Pedro. Yeah, Oswald Jordan Addison. Yes. Yeah. For the number two spot, I think it was. Yeah. I think you're and right. And people. I think were... it was Jordan Addison. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson. I see him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, already having KJ Osborne grabbing TJ Hawkinson at the deadline last year. Yeah, I mean they're they're loaded on that side of the ball, but again, it's gonna if even if they get rid of Dalvin and then don't do anything additional to their defense, it's then you're like a step backwards. Yeah, then what then what was the point ultimately if you're not really gonna truly upgrade? So I it's saw, yet to be seen, but we'll see. I saw, I believe it was a tweet, uh, might have been a comment on Reddit, one of the two when they uh, when this happened, um, they were discussing you know the lack of you know, the value of the running back position and how they can try to balance it. And one, somebody suggested making rookie running back contracts more expensive, bring them, bring the rookie running back contracts closer to the average, like running back contract. 
Mm-hmm. That way, when you're playing, you're paying that like premium minimum. Yeah, that way, when you're paying that premium for an elite running back, you're not paying like 10, 12, you know, 10, 15 million above the above what also, you would be drafting. You could also even throw in like a something for like I don't know if a running back hits specific thresholds mm-hmm. in their rookie or first season. They Maybe have the contract they can like opt out. Yeah. Oh, or yeah, can, or a boost. Yeah, a yeah, boost where they like can, an yeah. opt out and they can. Yeah, for a rookie running back rushes for a thousand yards, his contract right. goes up to five mil or something like that, where yeah. it forces teams to, you know, make bad decisions rather than, well, he's cheaper, so I'm gonna go with him. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Something like that. A little bit of restructuring around the contracts for running yeah. backs. I mean, we're seeing Saquon holding out too. Correct. Yeah, uh, Saquon's yep. they paid they paid Danny Dimes 40 plus million. And right. he's not a 40-plus million quarterback. No. And you got Saquon who's asking, hey, I'm not even trying to be the highest-paid running back in the league. Yeah, I don't care about that. I just want to be paid according to where I've been. I mean, I'd say he's at least worth – I'd say he's at least worth $20 million. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, yeah, Fully healthy. You take away the – again, the, the, you're never going to be able to – as a running back, it's going to be almost impossible to get that type of money. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so – yeah, so he was tagged at a ten point one million franchise tag, which is it's almost what the freaking uh, Viking just cut Dalvin for. Right. Yep. Like you, and Dalvin wasn't a contract off of his rookie year or rookie contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at like what like the the running back position is just compare is the the way they are valued is so different to every other player in the league. And it's detrimental to them in their careers, like especially having that short shelf life that we yeah. talked that I mentioned earlier. Like you have other guys, you know, you think of like a Joe Thomas who played left tackle for God knows how many years. That dude raked in money. Uh-huh. So a running back who's gonna play half, if not a third of that career, yeah. They also now don't want to pay them. Yeah, it so feels, it does feel unjust. Yeah, it's, for such a premium position. Yeah, because yeah. I mean running backs win games. Then we've seen, I mean, I've watched Saquon single-handedly win the Giants games before. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't think I, – I just don't get it. Like, I get it, but I don't. And at what point uh-huh. is, you know, cap flexibility outweighing having an and elite roster? With Delvin Cook, too, at this point, if nobody ends up paying him, like, he has zero incentive to – Sign something that he doesn't think he's worth. Yeah. So at that point, and he already said so. He wants to go to a team that he feels accepted in. Like they want to. What's the point of him even playing football anymore? You know what I mean. If you're going to continue to get undervalued, and then as soon as you mess up, you're either going to be cut, released, whatever. And it's not even mess up. You could be doing it all for your team, get hurt trying to push that extra mile, and then oh, sorry, we're going to cut you. Yeah. Like we talk about his constant injury proneness. For the most part, they've been but minor. Aside fairly from, run him into the ground for yeah. the most part for the early or like for his rookie contract, which is another yeah. thing that's been kind of constant as of late. Is teams will maximize that rookie contract and then mm-hmm. dump the running back and draft another one or pick up a cheap and one. Just keep that cycle see. going. Yeah. Yep. As opposed so. to yeah. But yeah, uh, they, they have to figure out how to do something. Kind of sad, maybe know, with the yeah. contracts. Yeah, but or, the more you talk about it, and kind of go deeper into it and see the various multiple examples is pretty sad. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately in, at the end of the day, it makes sense for what they're doing because it's been the same cycle every single time is that, you know, you've paid these running backs, but then ultimately they wear down 
after obviously in the middle or even after the first year of their contract, and then you got to do something. So this is their way of just, I guess, staying out of it at that point. But um, what team do we think he's going to go to before we finish this one out? I personally think best fit, uh, probably Miami. I think they really need a true lead back. And we've he's shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield to a certain extent. But I think to really, really, really open up that offense and have have a true run game and someone that can actually play three down, um, I think that he'd be yeah. the answer for them. I mean, that offense would be insane, but I think Miami would be a, definitely a good spot. It would definitely help the constant carousel that they have, multiple yeah. different guys, because yeah. it felt like that backfield was – three different guys' positions to lose and three different times throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you never had a constant. Miles Gaskin? Yeah. <laughs> Miles Gaskin. But yeah, as somebody who watched Chase a lot of Edmonds, Jeff Wilson and a lot Jeff of Wilson, Raheem Mostert over Raheem the last few Mostert. years, and those are the two guys they've got spearheading the rushing attack right now. Dalvin runs very similarly to those two guys. He's a little uh-huh. bit less, I'd say, head down than those two. I, but, th- I would say he's more of a mix of the two. Yeah, Jeff's, yeah, a Jeff's a little powerful. Bit, Jeff's Raheem's got power. Raheem's got shifter. that burst and the speed. Um, I think he's very similar running. I think he could he could you know sign there within a week, be very comfortable with what they're doing. Yeah, because he's, he's like I said, he's probably still got with with a team that's going to be heavy pass attack. Mm-hmm. It will hold his. He'll be have yeah. more longevity throughout the season. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. save some injuries. Um, maybe prolong his career a couple more years. Yeah, not getting 20, 25 carries every game is going to – Right. You know, 10 to 15 is really all you need. And yeah, then, and if you're looking at the course of now the 17-game season – Yeah, that adds up even more. Yeah, you know, five a game for 17 games, that's 85 less touches on the ball. Exactly. Like, that's a lot – that's a lot of touches. So, I think it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, another team that I think – what's another good – just because I know we all agreed on the Dolphins, so I'm just trying to think of another team that would make some sense. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo would make sense, but they're yeah. very capped. They're very cap strapped right now. Yeah, uh, they'd have to move some stuff around to make it happen. Uh, it would be fun to watch James and Dalvin play together, though. I didn't yeah. even think of that until now. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll want to go and play with his brother for a year, and yeah. then has a great year, and then you know actually has time to look and see somewhere else possibly. Yeah. Again. Yeah, so Denver some of the names on the list. Denver makes sense. New Orleans mm-hmm. makes sense. If he's willing to take those, you know, Denver especially, because I feel like Denver's a team where everyone's still down on them because of how bad they were this year. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason as to why they should not be good. Yeah. And also, I feel like Denver makes sense because Javante's coming off the injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a team like Dallas kind of makes sense for him to take what Zeke had. Yeah. You know, that's similar. Basically take – the role that Zeke's been in for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, New York again makes been... sense. I also think to hold down the fort until Brees Hall gets back up to speed. Yeah. But again, that's yeah probably a similar situation to Denver where yeah. you're holding down the fort till the younger already the younger, proven cheaper, guy comes back. Younger, younger cheaper, cheaper guy. Yeah. The um, typical yeah. running back thing. Uh-huh. Arizona maybe, but there again, he wants to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. He wants to win. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins to me are like head and shoulders beyond in terms it's of the best fit, fit for sure and situation. Yeah, the Saints is a good fit, but the situation's not as good. Yeah, uh, because a lot do... of new new faces coming in there as well. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's about it. Like, 
the rest of these teams, like Bills make sense, but can't realistically get him unless he signs for really cheap. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't see the Jets or the Broncos wanting to make that move. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That was, <laughs> that was interesting. That, that that broke me a little bit. I can't lie. That website just didn't load. <laughs> yeah, the website's not uh, rendering so properly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I would say Miami would be Miami. I, I like the Denver pick though. Denver could be yeah. just because it could um just like I said, Javante, while he did prove himself a little bit, the sample size was fairly small. So uh-huh. you never really know. You know what you're getting with Dalvin. And again, it's another team that it'd be a fresh start for Dalvin. And it's also a fresh start for a lot of those guys with a new coach, mm-hmm. um, Sean Payton. Obviously, yeah. Russ is getting another fresh start for the second year in a row. So no, that would, that would probably be my my oddball pick. Not oddball, yeah. but my non Miami pick. Yeah, Miami does feel <laughs> like the best spot. But um, let's let's move on. Like I said, we're kind of just waiting for things to get closer and closer to preseason. Yeah, more 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 stuff to really start coming down. Um, obviously we're still only in the middle of June, so just a lot of camps and training camps and stuff like that. So. A lot of players, like we said, we're just now reporting this week for the the, the whole Mandatory team. Camps, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, not too much to talk about there, um, but we can go to the MLB. Um, I want to talk about one specific team, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about the rookie of the year race to kind of cap off the episode. Um, I think I think I was really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Like I said, I thought about adding rookie of the year race to uh, to the agenda today. I didn't at first, and then Vitor. Um, kind of also wanted to talk about it. Made me happy because I like I like that. I feel like we kind of touched well, on yeah, that. We've on we've been talking Saturday about Saturday last actually for quite yeah you're right we've for quite been a bit we've been kind of bringing it up. But um let's go to the first thing I'm talking about or I wanted to touch on. Um just a big shout out um was that yesterday J T Rilamuto did hit for the cycle for the Phillies. Now how on earth did he triple? Is the real question. Home run, triple, <laughs> single, double. Um. That was pretty impressive for a guy that's not the quickest. But anyways, that was just a shout out. The he main thing I wanted to the, season. the main the main thing I wanted to talk about was just the Phillies in general. We touched on it again. God, it might have been a few weeks ago. We were talking about um some of our mm-hmm. achievers, underachievers, overachievers, whatever. Um, so the Phillies obviously made the World Series last year, had a phenomenal playoff run. Um, did lose to the Astros, but they are currently eight games back in the NL East from the Braves. They are being overshadowed by Miami as well. Um, great pitching from Miami from three or four separate guys. Nation, and baby. then, uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> and then um, an MVP type season right now from Luisa Rise. But the Philadelphia Phillies are 32 and 34. With a pretty piss poor away record, they're 30, 13 and twenty three on the road. Um, they've been giving up quite a bit of runs. Pitching hasn't been there. The hitting has been really inconsistent. Um, and since Bryce Harper came back, the lineup's been fairly consistent. Yeah. You've got Trey Turner in the lineup every day. You've got Bryce Harper. Castellanos has been pretty solid. Rilamuto's there. Alec Baum, Bryson Stott. Like it's a pretty consistent lineup of your stars. Schwarber. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know I don't I don't really understand it. Do we do we kind of see them riding the ship? Do we think they're going to tra- gain traction at all? I don't I don't know. It's... I thought that when Bryce came back, it was going to kind of have a similar effect, ironically to the team that beat them 
when Altuve came back for mm -hmm. Houston. Like yeah. Houston was yeah. around 500, and then Altuve came back, and they went on a huge run. Um, so I was, I'm kind of waiting for. There's a few. There's mul multiple teams I would say that I'm waiting to to kind of start making a run. But that this is just a team that obviously made the World Series last year and was pretty close to winning a chip. So mm -hmm. it's always surprising when a team that close is fairly lackluster. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I I think there's a couple things. One, I think that for the the most the bulk of their lineup struggles against lefties. Yep. Um, and that's going to cause them problems. You know, to game and what game out against Bryce and Kyle like that, man. It's like the only there's like two. I think Castellanos and. Uh, that's their bright spot. Uh, Scott or Boehm, one of those two, one of uh, one of them, and Castellanos are the only guys who actually hit lefties well. Bryce and Stott. Yeah, everyone else. Twenty nine. Yeah, everyone else is just mediocre to bad. It's actually kind of uh -huh. bad. So and Castellanos bats three forty two. Yep. Bryce and Stott bats three twenty nine, and then actually Alec Boehm. Yeah. Is their next at two seventy nine, but then it drops off. Yeah. To their their main guys that all hit. Uh, they're all, that I'll play um, um, Sosa, Rilamuto, Brandon Marsh, Trey Turner, uh, Bryce Harper. Like these guys are all sub 240. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. actually, three of them are two sub 217. Oh, yeah. And that, means, and that means Harper has brought his average up, right? Uh, no, Harper was 180. Oh, he brought it up. Trey Turner was the 217. He's brought it up to 185. And Kyle Schwarber <laughs> was the 159. <laughs> yeah. And Kyle Schwarber's just batting 172 overall on the season yeah. as well. So right. Which he's actually has such a crazy stat line to me. It's like every other hit. Because his, 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 his OPS and slugging are high. Yeah. Because he hits home runs and RBIs. Yeah. Like that's the only hits he gets, <laughs> but he's only batting like a buck seventy. Yeah, yeah. I think and still in the two hole. Like, I think another hell? big part of their struggles is Trey Turner having yeah, a down year. So, so like, bad. Like, he, honestly, he's making the Dodgers look like geniuses. Yeah, because he's the and he's they the don't even have two short stuff right now. He's the type yeah. of guy that you always counted on. Like you want him leading off or hitting second because yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get a hit. He, yeah, you can get you know get on first, steal second. You've got a runner in scoring position after one at bat. This year, his hitting's just not there. I don't know if it's. Well, there's a couple. I I watched. I, they were on a Sunday night a couple of weeks ago. Might have been a few weeks ago actually. He's got some some hitches in his swing mm -hmm. that weren't there over the summer. So he's, he's just he's just a little late. He's a little late and a little behind on some pitches. Yeah, he's bringing his. There's just some hitch where he's bringing his hands a little too. Uh, like his load's a little too long. I, I would like to not a short swing as much. That uh, Kyle Schwarber has homered at, to lead off the game today. Hey, <laughs> bringing his average to, we go. Uh, to 176. And we this go. slugging everything. Basically, what we just said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Trey's definitely been not good for them. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the two biggest things. I also think the pitching hasn't been great. No, not even at when all. you look at a guy like Wheeler, it has he's got like a one point two one WHIP, but he's still giving up like three nine for the ERA. One point one two. One point one two. That was a that's a solid guess. I I saw I looked at it. <laughs> just kidding. Video, but... I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I think the pitching's also been a problem. Like Wheeler's been there. They have a one two between uh, uh yeah, Nola. Aaron Nola and and uh, Zach Wheeler, but, yeah, but the three that were five is just stand, and they haven't been pitching to the standard that they pitched in. They pitched no, last no, year. No, no, no. 
And then mm -hmm. Taiwan Walker has been pretty lackluster. Yeah. He's got a, what a four. Well, at least a, at least the last six starts, he's only allowed five runs, so that's at least a positive note. For yeah, him. right. But I mean, <laughs> but, he's still sitting at. Well, I mean, all their ERAs are fairly trash. Yeah, yeah. Wheeler because beyond beyond those three, you've got Matt Strom and then Bailey Falter, and they yeah. haven't been like. And then the bullpen, they grab they have what Gregory Soto, <laughs> and Craig Kimbrell. And Jose Alvarado. Alvarado. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's I mean they, yeah. they have the and they even got Gregory Soto from, from Detroit. So I mean they got the pieces that you know I felt it like just the feels team like everyone collectively is underperforming. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not named Castellanos. Even when you look at the guys who are performing, when you look a little bit deeper into the numbers, it feels like they're not performing. It's a recency. Yeah. Like same with like Bryce. His overall um, numbers look good. 290 to 3-0. Yeah, his numbers mm -hmm. look good. The splits. And it's yeah, like... and then you're like, he's unplayable against lefties. And this is a guy who's supposed to be an MVP-level player. And right. he's could be legitimately a big reason why you cannot win games against lefties. Yeah, I don't know what's the, what's the deal with their home and away splits. But, yeah, they – I don't – I can see them getting better. But they if you, if you go through their game log all season, they've been super streaky – like they just came off a seven game win or six game win streak, lost two or three in a row after that. Um, so it's it, they just they won seven. No, they won six. Yeah, now they lost, lost two, one, 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 lost two. Yeah, so they're very streaky. So they won six and then yeah. lost. Three and if you four. just scroll through, like you see a lot of like greens and then a lot of reds and green, like I just think it's, that's kind of going to be the story of their season. You know, they're going to have. Parts where it looks like they figure it out. And well, it's what I, I think cool is off. concerning for me, and a similar thing that I was I was concerned about for Houston, but not too much anymore, is that that division, yeah, doesn't look weak anymore. Like it's not yeah. just them and Atlanta, or now it's them and and the Mets. Like the Mets are also in a pretty bad spot because I know when yeah. we did division winners, they were also a team most of us picked, or some of us picked to at least have a chance to win the division. Uh -huh. I mean, they spent the most money. Um, they're nine back, so they're they're even worse off than the Phillies. Can we just and then obviously badly about them? They're <laughs> right, bro. But they did that yesterday. They went yeah. up five nothing. Yeah, I mean, and they lost nine to six. Yesterday was the blown game day. You know what I'm saying? The Braves so did it. The Rangers they, they've did got it. for me. It's tough to to see them. Yeah, sure, they gained traction, but what does yeah. that say? Like, you yeah. still are. There's three teams around you that have a chance to steal playoff spots from you. So. Gaining traction versus actually being consistent. Like, I feel like they need to just have a freaking heart to heart with each other or something. Yeah, that, that, that's a team that needs There's a, team a few meeting. teams that I think need that. So, yeah, I don't know. I would like to see. Yeah, no, bro, they're done. They're done. The Cardinals are done. They're two MVP candidates. Well, Arenado's been pretty good recently, but they just haven't been. They're pitching, is it? Ain't it, Brett? They're pitching, is it? Speaking of home runs. But uh, let's go. Let's go to our last last little segment here. We're going to talk about the rookie of the year race. Got quite a bit of names running through. Some surprisers. Surprisers. Uh, let's start. We'll start AL, I guess. Uh, I think there's a pretty, I would say, interesting favorite, just because I like the other guy a little better. But uh, Yoshida from the Red Sox, Masataka Yoshida. He's probably most people's favorite. I would have agreed maybe two weeks ago. He is on him, but actually, to be no, because to be fair, Josh Josh Young was two two three weeks ago was going through a tear as well. Yeah, that's that's my pick. I like Josh Young, Josh Young, however you want to say it. Yeah, 
Um, that's my pick from the Rangers. He, to me, has been a consistent for them. Obviously, the whole offense, they have the best offense in baseball, them and the, and the Rays. So, like, it's tough to say, but I feel like he's been fairly consistent. We've seen Corey Seager missed games. We've seen, you know, Adelise Garcia be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. We've seen early season Nathaniel Lowe struggled. Yeah. Uh, Simeon, Simeon went on a 25-game hit streak. Now he cooled off pretty pretty badly. As of he did go over 7 yesterday. Over yeah. 7. They played 12 innings. He's also over 3. But I feel today. like Josh Josh Jung has been fairly fairly yeah. consistent for me. Like he'll go a game or two without getting a hit, mm-hmm. but then he'll go 5 or 6 yeah. with a hit. I think he also had a fairly lengthy hit streak. Yeah. I'm um, at this pretty overlapping yeah. with uh, Simeon's. Yeah. There's... That would be my pick. I mean, the stats also kind of, he's batting 287. Mm-hmm. He's got 13, 13 home runs, 40 RBIs. The on base plus slugging is 843. I mean, these are all top 30 stats for a guy that's 25 in year one. So, yeah. And he plays the hot corner. Like, that's a pretty, pretty important position as well. Mm-hmm. And when you look at defensive stats, uh, what just a few errors maybe if I can get it to pull up Jesus Christ no errors at all this year so you... oh three errors this year I'm sorry I yeah, was looking was at last one year game at DH I was looking year. at last year three errors this year but 980 fielding percentage is pretty mm-hmm. solid yeah and and, and honestly the AL side of things is where it's actually like chill <laughs> right. really I think the AL has barely three horse race. I mean, they also that's have what, that's what I big mean, shout out to Hunter, Hunter Brown. Brown been that he's a strikeout machine. Yeah, third guy, guy on third. The, yeah, he's at but a, I actually like the other one. Obviously, Yoshida. Yeah. We can run through his stats quick. He's yeah, actually front at the moment. His over as, as yeah, after right yesterday's now. game. No, as of right now, because he's over three. So going into the game tonight, he was three oh three batting average, which was top ten. He does have half as many home runs as Jung and seven less RBIs little bit higher OPS. Those are just some of the surface stats. Mm-hmm. But the guy's just kind of a machine. He's a fastball hitting machine, yeah. realistically. I think a lot of teams have started to realize that. And are one, pitching him away. Two, throwing him a lot of curveballs. The Yankees did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. keeping him, basically only showing him off speed. Yeah. Um, he actually went hitless over the weekend series, which including brought him game, down from, what, like 320? Including his this game – it's going on right now. He's won for his last fifteen. Yeah, he entered. Uh, he entered the 20. Yankee series at three fifteen, and as Vitor said, he's now down to two ninety three, two ninety. Uh, what did you say? Seven or eight? Or well, nine. if he if he go, if he's no. gonna get at least one more at bat today. So okay, my sleeper though is Estudio Ruiz. Yeah, I thought that was a phenomenal. <laughs> that was scary. But Estudio Ruiz for me for Oakland, a team that is. Yeah, they've won five out of their last six or five in a row or something, five but they're still row. 18 and 50. <laughs> so they're still terrible, which I think is not helping his cause. No. But just in general, for a, a tried and true leadoff hitter, uh, batting about 260, he's only got one home run. But 28 RBIs is pretty solid. And he's already got, what is it, 31 stolen bases, yeah. and we're only in game 66 for him. So basically a stolen base every other game. It's been caught six times, but like, I don't know. I think he might not be the most effective at like maybe outright helping your team win, but I think it's just a fun pick. I could see it. Yeah. This, I mean, this is also a guy who's bounced around. Yeah. And he's so been like, on three teams all, in three years, two years. Do when you're a, you know, a young player, you need to kind of 
be able to you know see some consistency and grow yeah right 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 um so but yeah the al to me is where things are less less chaotic yeah interesting i would disagree i think the favorite is the better is the is more clear in the nl but i, I guess i would think it's definitely top heavier i would say it's probably more top heavy in the yeah AL. whereas i think the nl you can actually go down and make cases and make for cases for probably seven eight guys yeah but personally outright just first off corbin yeah. carroll yeah for me he's been i do agree with also the second pick though um, they have francisco alvarez who i really like defensively power hitter for new york the mets also have both Brett Beatty and Kodai Senga. Kodai Senga on the road versus his home splits are like, he's a Cy Young candidate at home. He shouldn't even be in your rotation on the road. So that really balances out his stats. Uh, Brett Beatty's been decent filling in for them and has really consistently, uh, especially as of late, been a solid piece for them. But they got Ellie De La Cruz, the most recent phenomenon. Um, I think like Vitor made a good point that there might be just projecting the rest of the season for him. Cause if he keeps up what he started at, yeah, it's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who can turn a single into a, you know, a triple if it's deep enough. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, that kind of ability Outman started hot. It's kind of cooled down. I yeah. He, for he... me would have been a really shoe in for like a month in. Yeah. And then Spencer Steer for the Reds as well. Because yeah, he's been good, consistent. I feel I feel like he's one of those guys that you can kind of trust. He's yeah. not the flashiest guy. No. But I feel like he's every game. Feels like the Reds in general. Well, I guess well, De La Cruz and Indy, Jonathan India are fairly flashier. Yeah. but Jonathan India has got the long locks. And the... Steer feels like every game he's on base. Like, whether it's be – he inf- it's What I would say, he influences winning. Yeah. And that's something that's – Tough to tough to find, especially yeah. as a rookie. And there's Yuri Perez, yeah. who uh, his expected numbers are actually pretty bad, but his real numbers are yes. pretty good. Yes. So that is hey, true. That's what matters. If your expected numbers, your expected ERA is over five, but your actual ERA is like two seven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you can consider, if you're Pitching doing it consistently, then it means you're doing something right. Um, You've got a couple giants. Yeah. We got, we got Casey on this list. They got Casey Schmidt. I actually think Patrick mm-hmm. Bailey might be more of a. Is that the catcher? No, Schmidt is our third base. Oh, Sable, Sable, right? Sable is the catcher, but he's not a rookie. Patrick Bailey is a catcher as well. Uh, so they got Schmidt and Bailey, who both came on super hot uh, in their debuts, and you know the week, the first week or so that they were up. Uh, Casey, I think, has fallen down to earth a little bit more, um, but I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, great defensive infielder, he's playing short and third, and then Patrick Bailey. Uh, young catcher. He was actually, especially because the last uh, regime had uh, drafted uh, Joey Bart, right? Who was the big prospect catcher, and they still took Bailey. Um, looking like they made a good choice. Uh, he's been he's hitting like lead, leading into tonight's game. I think he was at three seventeen. Um, he's thrown out a couple people stealing. Like it, he's looking good. Uh, looks like he had a you know he can bat uh, switch hit. He's a switch hitter. So uh, I'd like to see it, you know, with baseball, with it being so many games, a lot of things can change. A lot of guys can come up and go crazy. A lot of guys can cool off. But this this NL race to me is – It's deep. I it, see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like I think, I think Corbin Carroll has been – is it by far the favorite. But 
it's such a long season that you yeah, don't, you he, never know what's going to happen. Something he's yeah he's gone hamstring anything. This is a yeah, moment too. Then there's so much time for other guys to heat up. But I think what also helps for Corbin Carroll is the, the success of the Diamondbacks as well. Yeah, I mean, they're first in the they're first in the West, which is very impressive for me as a team that's finished last for a multitude of years in a row. We're in third place. It feels very familiar. Uh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, let me get Danny. Give me your winners. Uh. I mean, yeah, yes, we know it's a long season, but yeah, I'll probably go with um, Corbin Carroll as a favorite in the NL, um, and then I'll probably go with um, probably go with Ellie as a sleeper, depending on if he continues the kind of tear that he's really on again. Not that many at bats or anything like that, but has gotten a hit in every game except for the last two against the Royals. Um, so I'll go with him as a sleeper, Corbin Carroll as the favorite. And then in the AL, sure. I'm actually going to go with Jung as the favorite. I think he's yeah. done more so, uh, an impact of winning. Um, the stats are pretty similar. Uh, he has more strikeouts than, uh, than uh, the guy from Boston, but he, I think he's impacting the winning much more, obviously. I think that um, comes with the style of hitting, though. He's more of a power style yeah. versus Yoshida's contact. Yeah. Yeah. So, you and then I'll go with Yoshida like, as the sleeper. So, yeah. You'd want a guy like Yoshida batting right before Josh Jung. Right. Yeah. So, what, what yeah. do you got? I have, I also agree that uh, Jung is the for my favorite. Um, Let's go. Like, That's I, a sweep. I, That's a sweep. Yeah. And I've said it. Uh, Corbin Carroll is the clear favorite right now, but I think there's so many names in this NL race. I can't wait to see how things continue to unfold because. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good players here. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go. I agree. I'm picking Josh Jung as well. That's my guy. But I'm going to go Gunnar Henderson. As your sleeper. Home run today, boy. Yeah, hit a granny today. Um, Also, Hunter Brown. I think if he continues to be with the fact that they've lost already, McCullers is barely pitched. Mm-hmm. Luis Garcia is already out. Um, like Urgidi, I believe Jose Urgidi has been out for a little yeah. bit now. They've, they've, he's been able to really help pace a rotation that's definitely heavily injured. So I think he's, uh-huh. he's also a really good pick. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to stick with Corbin Carroll, but I will go to, I'll go to Spencer steer. I think by the end of the season, I don't think he will, but with it being a sleeper pick, he, to me screams sleeper, mm-hmm. like, like Vitor said it. Yeah. Just quiet goes about his business, does a job. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of what you look for, especially as a rookie. Like, you're not looking for anything too flashy, even, but, but flashy wins awards. So mm-hmm. I'll yeah. stick with Corbin Carroll because I think he's going to win it. I'd be surprised if he didn't. But uh, yeah, Spencer Steer would be my sleeper there. Yep. Patrick Bailey is my sleeper in the NL. No, it's not. <laughs> y'all got to, y'all got to get good first. Hey, we're two games over 500 and we're up nine to two. That's all I got, Dan. <laughs> All Speaking right. of, guess who just homered? Patrick, Patrick Bailey. Bailey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. All right. Cut this out before any other giant stuff starts happening. <laughs> yeah, but that's the end of the episode here for you guys for episode number 53. Um, again, check this out on YouTube. Um, and then again, next week, be prepared for the uh, NBA draft special that we will do next Thursday. Again, we'll do Probably it's going to be a full coverage one. I know generally it's about a two-hour draft or so, um, but we'll at least do the first round, and then we'll also do uh, pre-draft stuff as well. I know how they kind of have the show there, so then that way we can kind of listen in on the uh, on any rumors that may be happening or anything like that. So kind of just 
being like an extra piece to the telecast there. So it should be fun. Um, but yeah, again, uh, tune into our YouTube, subscribe, uh, like and comment if you guys haven't already. Um, check out our TikTok videos this coming week as we'll be posting some videos from last week's episode as well. Um, and then we'll see you guys next Thursday for the NBA draft. So have a great rest of the week, y'all. Also, shout out Brandon Crawford. This is career zero ERA. That was sick. That was sick. <laughs> Deuces, y'all. Later.